2: Hi, MJ. Hi, Marie. And hi,
3: listeners. Welcome to Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum. Where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes from last night's episode of The Kardashians.
2: And that would be Season 3, Episode 4. We're really motoring through it. Yeah, we sure are. And it is like, let me tell you something. It is dark this season. It is like if Succession were reality TV. Yeah. But with
3: just like slightly different players shout out to katie perry she made a little joke uh when kim posted something about the coming season she was like omg oh, is there gonna be season five of succession i don't get what that means though i think i did see that and i was like wait what it's not like the most witty punchy joke oh
2: like like they are the season five of succession yes Oh, you know, what's confusing about that is because, like, we're on season three of the Kardashians, and then four,
3: like, it's, like, a little too numbery. There's a lot of seasons happening. Right. But, (laughs) needless to say, give us a little sense
2: of what happened in this episode, MJ.
3: It's a lot of watching Kim in the Dolce & Gabbana offices or studio, whatever, kind of just, like, being like, yes, no, yes, no, to the different looks being presented to her by models, it's about Courtney kind of seething and coping about Kim's deal with Dolce and Gabbana, processing that with Kendall. Um, and then some like Kendall Kylie antics. You know, it's interesting the Kendall and Kylie scenes, which we're not going to go very deep into because there's a lot to talk about with the Dolce and Gabbana drama in this episode. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so far, we've seen a lot of Kendall and Kylie. On modes of transportation together, having a time. <laughs> totally. You know, it was first like uh Kendall teaching Kylie how to drive stick in like the first episode of the season. Now they're on horses. I'm very interested actually in like why they're so paired up lately. But we can, I guess, talk about that a little later.
2: Yes, agreed. Let's get into the real meat of this story, which is what would that be, MJ? Let's lead us into our first takeaway.
3: Most of the takeaways have to do with the question of what's real, what's staged in the Kardashian narratives being presented. So number one is, is the lost passport storyline for real? So basically this was set up in the last episode. Uh, Kim's en route to Italy to have this big meeting with Dolce & Gabbana and she's planning to do it collaboratively with her longtime stylist, Danielle. And then Danielle forgets her passport and is stuck, I guess in the airplane or something. Um, And Kim is left to do this, this big task of actualizing a vision for Dolce & Gabbana as a creative director alone, which feels very structured narratively.
2: For sure. Yeah. It's just like stakes. It's like, it's a device to have Kim overcome something in the larger story
3: Mm -hmm.
2: because that's like the kim fairy tale time and time again
3: yeah there's like the natural hero's journey structure of it and then eventually danielle like rolls in and she's like apologetic and kind of shy that awkwardness of the person that like had an issue they finally arrive and there's some tension between them it's a microcosm it's like a little mini version of what they know to to be effective because the whole question, I think we talked about this in the last episode of like who, what's Kim's style going to be without Kanye Mm -hmm. What's her vision going to be. This is part of a larger like chapter they're trying to establish of Kim's life of like Kim has her own vision. She really does. She can do it without Kanye. She can do it without Danielle, you know?
2: Totally. No, exactly. It's just like Kim
3: PR and they're trying, and it's
2: like thrusting her into like a new um, frontier
3: Mm -hmm.
2: every time.
3: Yeah, I, so she's basically sitting at a table in like a show house, showroom. And she's kind of being like, can this? Can the shoes be black? Should this be all monochrome? And the vibe from Kim is like subdued and like open to learning. Like there's like a humbleness to it. And like it's literally we're watching her kind of become more oriented with her role in the space. And that's obviously what it's all meant to be showing us. And it's For like sure. knew, this is what's interesting. They knew she must have because there's something organic about watching her take inventory of the surroundings and kind of experiment with her place in it and her voice. Like there's times where like one of Dolce's people will be like, no, it probably should be monochrome, not the accessory you're suggesting. And she's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. And then there's other times where she's like kind of a little more bold in her suggestions. And I think we yeah. can all relate to this to some extent of being like in a new professional or creative environment and kind of like sussing out how much your voice or vision is going to really fit and like, how much confidence you should have in it. So that's kind of interesting. But like, they knew that they would, that this was an opportunity to establish Kim as this like visionary without anyone else's influence. Mm -hmm. So there was probably, we don't believe, we can agree that we don't believe that that, that Danielle really forgot her passport, right? Yes.
2: I think that's like just the premise we're operating on for sure. Especially given that the um especially given that the way they even shot that scene was so like traditional reality tv editing like shot to her shot to danielle like music like and that's not actually what this show the feeling of this show anymore
3: yeah yeah and it it seems like danielle kind of like knew her role and like kind of said the little snippy things that were required to be said to like allow this drama and of course there's going to they need drama or tension in the Dolce & Gabbana showroom because it's not enough. No one's going to care enough to see Kim just being a professional. Like there needs to be that interpersonal oh, spice. And so, okay, given that premise that we feel that Danielle knew what she was being- it is like a show about that enterprise. So you yeah. have to like yeah,
2: it's like you can't and that actually is something we get into later how like when you look at this as a show about enterprises. It, like the drama is very real
3: mm-hmm. and what like
2: the, the the conflict rather is very real.
3: Well, what's interesting is it really is a show about people are kind of like, it's not relatable anymore and it's not relatable anymore because it's about, it's a reality show about billionaire reality stars. So for sure, it's going to have a sort of sanitized too epic to comprehend kind of feeling to it. But it's also, I think on some level that it's about women working Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like that's compelling enough. I think at the end of the day, people want like the cat fights. So, right. so a way to like embed that in shows about enterprise. So in an industry, I guess, but so given this premise that Danielle understands her function to the narrative and they're kind of playing that out and we've never really seen. Well, that's not true. I'd have to, I don't know if I stand behind this, but it's like, they don't often go to drama with their workers or their supporters or their team mm-hmm. So that's interesting. It's new. Um, but given that premise.
2: That's even like bold and kind of maybe something that's intentional is like knowing that there's a lot of class talk right now. So people mm-hmm. are going to be compelled by like an employee employer mm-hmm. like story dispute.
3: Mm-hmm, totally. And given the premise, I keep saying <laughs> starting this, but not finishing the thought, but given the premise that Danielle knew her function and this was staged to set up a storyline that would establish Kim as this person that's like found herself and her voice and her vision within the Dolce & Gabbana showroom. What does feel real is Kim's evaluation of the different pieces they're showing her, her humbleness in the face of these like major institutional uh, designers. She's kind of like knows her place. She takes her risks though. It's like they knew she would be in a scenario to set, her up for that you know what i mean they knew she would come out of that maybe organic real experience it's pretty vulnerable like learning yes. and finding yourself and your voice as a leader they knew she'd come out of that the other side as a hero even yes. if the middle part of it is true real raw that's what the reality show is capturing was like you can't really fake the way kim was sitting at that table having a journey yes. you know what i'm saying
2: Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. It's just like weaving through um the real and the stage just so seamlessly yeah and like they because also like they've climbed this so consistently that they yeah they know there's gonna be they kind of can know the basic outcome and then it's the classic reality TV thing of like placing real people in mm-hmm. these like written situations and yeah. so like That's just the reality of their life now. So um, they just all they have to do really is just like find ways to dramatize it for the show. But there are real things happening.
3: No, they're like, it's going to be vulnerable because this is a new level for you, Dolce and Gabbana. So we need something that really shows that, okay, Danielle will hold, be held back. We're going to throw you in. You're going to do it. It's going to be scary, but you're going to be fine. And so then at the end of the story, as it's written, You're going to have done it, and it's going to be a cool show. But that middle part, yeah, it's, like, really what it's going to be.
2: This is, like, where the Kardashians, in this weird way, have always been, like, reality TV in its truest form. Mm
3: -hmm. Where it really
2: is just, like, plopping. Like, nowadays, I think, it's gotten weirdly realer now that the scale has, like, just exploded. Like, I don't know, this episode really shifted my perspective on like the real fake thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh shit. Like, no, everything we're seeing is real.
0: Yeah.
2: It's just being like staged for the show. Like the, it's like the syntax semantics thing. Again, in like linguistics. Like the syntax is the kind of like structure and the semantics are like what go inside of it. Like, and content, which is, maybe. yeah, form and content. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just like a linguistic version of form and content.
3: They provide the form, and they trust the content will come. Yeah, exactly. And, um, they have a lot of trust that if you make the form, the content will come. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we can like look at from the beginning. Well, for them, for, for sure, because. They always, like, had great timing
2: with the social media apps. So it's, like, they always just knew, like, fill it, like, fill it with content, be on it while it's rising. And, like, that's that's all that needs to happen. Like, we're just going to ride the medium.
3: Totally. And it's, like, that famous line that apparently Chris Jenner said, a producer that was there at the beginning at E when they were signing them, Elliot goldberg i think is the name he said i'll never forget the most prophetic thing chris jenner ever said to me shit just happens to us if you sign us and we get a show just trust me shit just happens to us <laughs> and, and i think that confidence that chris Jenner's always projected of like it gets figured out like they're so calculated and curated but then there's a fluidity that they do allow for sure yeah okay so that brings us well to the next thing. Yes, no that brings us perfectly. Oh no, you don't have to defer to
2: me to the transitions just Your because transitions I like- were
3: good. <laughs> Oh, thanks. You're but I want to done. give you space to do the transitions too, sister. No, it's good. You 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 set it up so I can knock it down, but like you get us there and I need you to do that. <laughs> I'm the showman.
2: I really am. <laughs> um, and you're oh. the magician. If anyone's seen The Prestige, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a really great it. Christopher Nolan movie. You need to see it.
3: We're like Nolan fans, for sure. I'm a huge <laughs> Nolan head. But I'll be the first to admit it. I'm a Nolan head. I like all the memes coming out about um, like Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer versus Barbie. Oh, I didn't like, see. They're coming out on the same day, and like everyone in the industry is... I wonder if it's like a way to create hype for these major blockbusters like but I like it the contrast is fun. We should do a double feature. Hell yeah.
2: That's fun. That's fun. Let's definitely do that. (laughs) Moving on that brings us perfectly to again this ongoing story of the Courtney and Kim Dolce drama Mm -hmm. and like I have had to, like, swallow my words because, like I said, this episode, like, shifted my reality on what's real and fake in this show. And now I'm looking at it through a completely different lens and
3: I'm like, oh, this Courtney shit is real as fuck. No, you get all the credit to see because I'm so kardashian colloquium brained at this point that I'm like, oh, it's all staged courtney's in on it they have processed their perhaps real dramas from the past to such an extent they're at the other side and they're able to kind of like capitalize on a narrative that may have once been kind of true and worked back then and now they are all in control and they've got their shit figured out and like it's just a big arrangement and you went during that scene when courtney and kendall are kind of processing courtney's feelings and and this is why i was like it's all staged because in the last episode Dolce or Gabbana or one of them visits Courtney before her let me shoot that felt very much like narrative like the same way like Danielle loses a passport to set him up for like the story it felt like another setup of like yeah Courtney and Dolce are such good friends that sets up the stakes Mm -hmm. for her pain about the whole thing that Mm -hmm. is to come but and it was also kind of like okay Kendall happens to visit Courtney at her home and then they have a Impromptu talk about what Kim is doing with the Dolce and Gabbana deal, right? You, as we're watching it, so I'm watching it cynically, and you were kind of saying, "Yes, it's staged, but there's something real." Yet again, within the form, there's something real in that content. Yes, like (laughs) what's bothering her? You were like, "What is? What are these tears?" Because it's like not she might not even realize what they really are.
2: Yes, well, and I was also like, Courtney's not going to be able to cry. On, like, act cry. Like, she's not going to fake cry for the show.
3: I think she they can go. For what it's worth, I do think they know how to fake cry at this point. That's yeah, like. Yeah,
2: but with their nails and the thing, like, there's more of a show of it. Like, th- those were, those felt like real tears. And Courtney, out of all of them, is going to be able to create fake cry the least, I feel like. And who knows? Whatever. Either way, it just, like, the, I, it just really, I got the sense of, like, oh no, shit, this is a real conflict and yes it's a fake scene producers brought them to talk about it together she was like (laughs) just coming off like it was like her next thing after the zoom meeting she had was like this scene with kendall Mm -hmm. which is always so interesting by the way when they linger on like she like left that scene and they lingered on just like the zoom meeting and like the like Like, whoever took the computer and it's just like such a weird like uh bts develop, like the tr- like, true bts moment anyways it reminds um, me of
3: like how like i i did fucking love the osbournes
2: oh my god shout out uk
3: yeah shout out uk osbournes i loved watching the Osborne's and uh, in high school and what i loved about it was like these little things like where i'd pause it and like literally just like look at what they were reading on their magazine or like, mm. look at, like what was you know what what they have like what pictures they have up in their like little study when they would take their calls, like those little details made it were so fascinating. Yeah. And those little things the Kardashians give us more.
2: It was the true reality of the, the situation there. Like it's like what it really felt like to be there. And then it's like, ah, like that's another sensory way to be like engaged in the world is like the dissonance between the real and the fake, Mm -hmm. but in those granular ways. Yes. Okay. Going back to what I'm saying, though. So I started being like, "Oh shit! No, this starts to make more sense when you're thinking about this conversation they're having in the terms of them being enterprises."
0: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott.
2: And, like, go ahead, because I'm struggling with the point I'm
3: trying to make. Well, I think what illustrates it is when Kendall... And I think this is when the shift happened for you, actually. Between Courtney's tears, but also Kendall saying the following. Something like, it's... We all understand... Kendall says something to the effect of, like, we're all supposed to understand that, like, yes, we're a collective brand. But, like, we're also all individuals within it, and we know our places. And it's kind of like, that's not really... Like, yes... I think sisters and siblings think a lot about their archetypal places in the family. Like, that's real. That's psychological. But there's something about the way she says it, and especially being, like, the programmed, like, Jenner sister who really grew up in the fishbowl. So, like, really, her best understanding of family dynamics is through the enterprise lens of it. Yeah, the business conflicts happening. Yes. So, like... This is what I wrote, and I need to just, honestly, you guys,
1: I'm
2: stoned, and I need to just, like, read the note I had. Is that okay with everyone? Yes, read the note. So, this is, like, these are my notes. The whole thing I've noticed this season is how existential they're all openly being about this new level of power they're at, and it's a real, it's clear that it's a real thing they're grappling with that, with at this point. And then I wrote, Kim is capitalist Pac-Man, LOL, and Courtney has feelings about it. Yes. Then... I quoted Kendall saying, I'm a big believer in individuality and knowing your place and knowing your sister's place. So she's conceptualizing like –
3: No, that's what I just said though, that Yes, I know, but like let me do the no. It's going to help
2: me. Trust me. We don't have to keep it in the podcast, but like I need to read it. (laughs) And then I
3: thought on the Kim Capitalist Pac-Man thing.
2: Yes, for sure. And and knowing your sister's place and being smart about it. And then I wrote, this is about them as enterprises. It all makes sense and feels more real when you think of this as a fight between the businesses and how that is now their version of real family conflict because that's the only way they know how to connect to each other anymore.
3: And so, like, this is deep as fuck. Yeah. Because they're real traumas and scars with one another are being sublimated through business tension, business competition, um, and like boundary oversteps for yeah. sure. And, and that's the thing, business, the essence of like business and capitalism is competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always believed that they've figured out how to like, competition is actually essential to like business too. It actually generates business usually for both sides, like peps mm-hmm. each other, you know, right. things. So the Kardashians have always had like a Winning formula in the sense that they could like healthily compete um, and provide like a sense of diversity of options to consumers without like toxically competing, you know, mm-hmm, for sure. It, and it's not like actually either of them lose business wise by Kim doing a Dolce deal after Courtney had a Dolce deal, mm-hmm. but but that's to your point where the scars and the trauma and the interpersonal side of it comes in where it still feels too close.
2: Yes, precisely. Because then I said in my notes. Um, you laughed when, when Courtney was like, it wasn't a business decision for me. It really felt personal. Like you laughed cause you were like, girl, like it still was a business decision, but like, it's still true. What she's saying is still completely true. Like she's more saying, despite it being a business deal, it was still really personal for her. Right.
3: Right. It was like a person, it was like a pro, a pro, like a project she actually felt passionate about. Like it was, right. a, it was a like a passion project kind of thing
2: and that's what she this takes us back to the whole kim being a pac-man capitalist because she was like mad that like kim was just taking everything like she like was taking no prisoners just taking everything in her past like path gobbling it all up and she even says something like She um, she says grabbing whatever's in the way and she's like it's such abundance such excess she's like, like she doesn't even know she's really driven, and she doesn't even know what's driving her.
3: No, and that's that's powerful stuff. I mean, listen, even if this was this really was all staged, after all, and we bring a full circle to the cynical view that it's like the initial theory we had about it. What Courtney is saying is compelling because it's echoing the. Basically, the fundamental critique of the Kardashians from like their anti-capitalist detractors mm-hmm. you know, so she's really giving voice to words to how a lot of people feel about Kim Kardashian, and again, it's powerful that that's happening from within the brand that's mm-hmm. really good for the brand that it's happening from within the brand yes. um, but I think it also beyond like the fact that it it feels resonant for like people that want to resist the Kardashian force, Um, it's resonant because it also brings you closer inside Kim. It psychoanalyzes Mm -hmm. Kim from someone who's got credibility. Oh, God. Yeah, since she was born.
2: That's the darkness of it all. That's a darkness of them, like, selling these conflicts because it just, like, brings you more in. Like, and that's the darkness for even them. That's, like, where it's succession-ass shit because, like, no one actually leaves happy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just feeding the beast, even if you have, like, like something to say about it from within. Yeah,
3: that's so true.
2: And it's like, yeah, you're so right. Like, this conflict, even if it's real, even if, like, Courtney is, like, <laughs> like struggling with this internally all the time, it's, like, it's still going to make people buy Courtney's vitamins because they're, like, they... Th- be, or, because they agree with like the criticisms of Kim or they're going to people are going to buy Kim's thing.
3: Yeah, they either might make their purchases um as an extension of allegiance to like one or the other mm-hmm. or even if not that a truly compelling drama or catchphrase or soundbite from these things is enough to just invest a couple, you know, more miles of longevity to the visibility. And that's, like, really what it is more than anything. It's, like – I don't even know if at a certain point it's – if it's really the vitamins. I think for Skims, it's for Skims. Skims is, like, landmark, a staple. But I think some of it's, like, white noise for the just general Kardashian name. For sure. You know?
2: For sure. And that's what Chris's vision is. And that's why she's, like, oh, the – you know what I mean? Like, I think she knows that but I think that's where it's like dark. Like she's like, and that's why it's crazy that like us discussing these like internal, emotional, like parasocial, like you're saying, like things about the family. It's like actually revealing like very, like it's so intertwined that it's that analyzing those familial dynamics helps you understand like what's going on underneath. I always say the machinery of it. Like, in the marketplace, you
3: know what I mean? Totally, totally. Where it's like, Lemmy might actually be incidental to the larger monument of Skims, mm-hmm. but Courtney still financially benefits ultimately from the success of Skims. Probably, even if she's not invested in it, because it's still like a larger Kardashian success, which like will keep Courtney and Kravis afloat and relevant too. Not that they're like dependent on Kim, but like right. relational kind of like mm-hmm. it's all important to one another. One thing about them is to even show these cracks in the facade it's kind of like they have to do it in a controlled way if there really are cracks in the facade because one of their i think they can earn respect from the public they've have earned my respect in this sense at least that they have been a family business enduring for as long as they have without cracks in the facade really Mm
0: -hmm. and like
3: even if there are cracks the idea that like they're still fundamentally strong enough to withstand it like the Courtney's at some point she says to Kendall, like I'm okay. As long as it doesn't like affect my life, I'm actually fine with her and like how she is about work and how she is about basically capitalism and being a Pac-Man. Right. Um, and so it's sort of like the things they do say to cope because they also know that they are safest when they are figuring out how to like be resilient within whatever's going on. Cause most family businesses, most businesses don't have this kind of stamina for sure. It gets too complicated.
2: That's where it gets interesting later on is um when like we see it from like the Italy camps side of things. So we see Courtney like pissed, mm-hmm. and then we see like meanwhile in Italy basically, and like they're kind of like rolling their eyes about like the fuss Courtney's making. Like I think Courtney's having like real kind of existential like dread about it and I think they're brushing it off like shut up you ultimately benefit from all this it's fine like that's a sense I got from like Mm -hmm. Chloe being like like Chris being like what do I say and Chloe being like I don't even like no one was really about it and I think it's like it's just kind of like a somebody like trying to leave the Truman show and then people being like shut the fuck up come back you know like you don't actually want to know what it's like
3: outside totally there being a bunch of chris stops about it and i think courtney's kind of like no like i'm cool with like escaping it because she does seem to have a family system that she's truly comfortable with so it's like okay if you want me to market this feeling i have already I'll, i already have about my partner and like my like new brady bunch family i'll do that um and then they kind of all humor her like, okay, that's your storyline. You get like, but but it works. It's been effective. I think that they mm-hmm. also let her do it because they found that the numbers showed there was interest in Kravis. But the point is, when you kind of like found what like you were kind of looking for, you don't need to have that drive for the same, I think. totally. Like I think Chloe and Kim do like primarily have work. Not that if they had fulfilling relationships, they wouldn't be so driven. I, I'm guessing that's how they are by nature anyway. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just an interesting...
2: No, it, it's talking – it's not talking about relationships being fulfilling. It's just talking about, like, or being the more fulfilling thing. It's more just, like, it's bigger than that. Like, mm-hmm. Klo- or Courtney has found what makes
3: her happy in this life. Mm-hmm. She keeps like, telling everyone that. It's, like, yes, you're not a coded thing. It's very, like, blatant, and it seems like she's kind of like, you guys don't get it. Yes. That's, like, the whole, like, for me, that's the whole theme of this season is,
2: like, it's been simple this whole time. Like it's it's you've been watching something very
3: kind of real this entire time. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think we can skip the third thing actually. Because I think so too. Were we kind of interested in the fact that Kim, for the next episode, they're setting it up for Kim to stage the scenario where this like Italian actor that was in some big Netflix like sexy movie. Um, they're staging – they're basically staging a meeting between Chloe and this guy. And
0: mm-hmm. it's interesting
3: because the construct of it is that they are staging something. And, and Kim makes a comment saying he doesn't even know we we're going to have a whole episode about him. So it kind of gave us insight into also the stage side of their their concept planning and the fact that they're actually staging a situation for Chloe. And it's back to form and content. They're kind mm-hmm. of like cr- creating the form and counting on the content to, to – to reveal itself as Ch- Chloe deals with what she's been set up for.
2: Yes, and almost doing a wink, being like, "To kind of like this is what we do." Like it's so postmodern mm-hmm. in that way, where it's just like now they're just showing that at a certain right.
3: point, right? Because they could just have an episode where it's like this actor happened to be there, but they they're kind of know.
2: It. Yeah, they kind of know they can't get away with like the kooky, those kind of kooky hijinks in that. Way like they in the same way they couldn't go on a tour bus in theater makeup anymore. Like now they're in the house, like with on like they're Annika just shuffling around the house. It's like they know they can't get away with like passing that kind of shit off as real, so they're just gonna lean into it. But they also know it works, even if they like say it's real.
3: Right, it's a reality show about a reality show, so we're literally watching them scheme the next reality show gimmick. Um yes, but
2: it's a reality show, you always said that about it. It's a reality show about a reality show, but now it's a reality show about enterprise and about capitalism,
3: really. It's a it's about that. It's also about a reality show about what yeah, basically what happens when reality stars like Actualize the final frontier and like the, the the ultimate aspiration of like reality stars and so right era. It's like what happens when you actually do make it for being yourself,
2: right? Oh my yeah. god, true. So it like st- it circles back to being a reality show about a reality show.
3: <laughs> yes, um, I think that's at the very least
2: a reality show about reality stars, right?
3: Or a reality show about winning reality. I don't know. I don't. How oh, about winning reality,
2: like the concept of it, because that's what they are doing.
3: Yeah, like conquering. Yeah, I don't like know conquering reality. Yeah, and oh, they're they there. are so
2: perfect for this like post truth like world we live in.
3: Yes, because they they really like slither in and out of yes the form and the content.
2: Oh my god! Wow, I think we killed it this episode. To be yeah. honest,
3: I did too. Well, they gave this was a really. This was, I think, this episode can go in the canon of, like, the true postmodern, like, moments for the family. I mean, there's not an episode that goes by where there's not one little nugget where you're like, holy shit, like, wow, that was that was layered. But this was one that I think that Courtney crying to Kendall scene did give us quite a lot. Yes. Oh my and God. Kim, Kim sitting there and assessing looks and finding her voice and it was on purpose and they knew she was going to be displaying that process, but then and yeah both both scenes were big it was a captivating
2: episode i'll tell you yeah. that much yeah. and with that actually it's very fitting that our mpc of the episode is actually danielle because she got kind of kicked out of the bubble momentarily to be an mpc kind of just to be like a sounding board for a narrative basically yeah. and
3: then got pulled back in. Um, and she so- like fulfilled the function like we like were talking that NPCs, their function is to like help the the playable characters move forward, and so she was kind of like playing that like like scripted non playable character role to help demonstrate just how much kim was actualizing
2: yes precisely so danielle this episode goes to you it's only fitting that in our very truman show episode that like someone within the fabric of the world is actually the NPC as well
3: yeah that'll happen sometimes yeah there's duality in that way you see wait is there can we just like add like epilogue like three things i just want to quick acknowledge sure okay one given everything we just said here about this like balance of real and staged and the way that the sisters are interacting with one another interpersonally, but also through business at some point, Kim says uh, it's all going to come out on the show. This is our therapy. So talk about narrative becoming cathartic and like, com- and like really like cementing how you view a situation to like move on to the next thing. The show as therapy does not surprise me.
2: Yes. Dude, yes. I was thinking about this too and I'm glad it was hard for me to like even articulate in my brain. Yes. But like something that also proves to me that this was a very real drama happening is that the sh- it was actually like the show struggled to piece together the real moments that happened. Like the timeline was hard to follow and it was like, seemed to be like a big kind of editorial jump between like Courtney having an issue about it and then like, Kim knowing about it and that was like unclear and it's like oh right that's because like these are real things happening and then there's a show to be made so just like had to put it together somehow and like
3: that oh my god I lost my train of thought what was I saying sister I don't know I'm like getting pooped out too but I know what you're I know like the vibe I know the vibe (laughs) um what you're getting at you're basically saying like eh. I know it's all, it's all drifting away. That like toxic NYC air right now. It's like-
2: Dude, oh my God, do not remind
3: me. Yeah, it's in my like brain wrinkles. Um, You think it's in the brain wrinkles? That's how I feel right now for sure. Oh my God, I do not need more ways to
2: visualize how it's like tearing through my body.
3: Yes, doesn't (laughs) feel good.
2: Well, what'd you say?
3: What was the first thing? Uh, The show is therapy. Oh, right. So
2: like- for them, things really will get connected. It, it's yeah. like the like, show makes it, because the show has to connect those dots, like, that wouldn't normally be connected just in the real experience of something. Like, it, it like, ties it together in these bows that, like,
3: then play it out like a
2: story for them.
3: Right. Well, right. Cause therapy actually is like so much of a real therapy and like healing from trauma and making sense of life, making meaning of life is creating narratives. It's trying to create healthier narratives. Um, sometimes it is looking at the narrative and seeing like where you could have done better or what you want to do different next time. So the show does that for sure. To the next point when Kendall and Kylie are like debriefing on everything. And again, I, I want to next episode, maybe I want to unpack or why it's been so much Kendall and Kylie. Um And not much interaction between Kylie and other members of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're processing. Kendall's, like, letting Kylie know, like, what's happening in the family. And Kylie just goes. Or Kendall says, Courtney feels like her wedding vibes were stripped from her. And Kylie Mm -hmm. says, feelings are valid. And it brings me back to, like, a, a much memed moment of Kylie where she years ago like 2016 or something and she's like this is the year of realizing stuff and i forgot that that was a meme like that was a clip that like was kind of viral and so it's like another kylie moment like throwback to like just like these very simplistic statements that people like finally leaving the private plane um there's this anytime the kardashians we've said this in past episodes enter a new environment from a private plane or from a black car or whatever it's like slow-mo with the dramatic music. Mm-hmm. And I wanna say, like, that's very WWE professional wrestling and like big entrance. And it's also I just interviewed a scholar about um the Kennedys recently from my book. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that like there are so many iconic, epic photographs of the Kennedys when they arrive in a new city mm-hmm. and get off the plane. Right. So like american royal family
2: well that's what i was saying when we were watching it i want credit too
3: okay you totally get. yes
2: that's why we noted it because of me
3: oh my gosh well this guy that i interviewed like yesterday would also agree and he would say that's really smart marie
2: oh my god (laughs) thank you mister um (laughs) no because because it's like think about how many like presidential or just iconic imagery you've seen of people coming out of private planes
3: Fuck yeah! Wow, that
2: means a lot. That's a that's a striking image, and it's always makes for an iconic image
3: because it's like the information has arrived. Because yes, tigers are like literal information; they're content. Yes, they're nodes. Yep. Mm. Okay.
2: Okay. Well, we'll see you next time on Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum. Bye bye. (laughs)
3: Bye.